thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Real Food Real. Today on the show, we are joined by Jennifer Schmid from Earth-Based Medicine. Jennifer and I are here today to discuss what exactly is Earth-Based Medicine and how to get to the root of your problem and heal yourself naturally. Hi, Jennifer, and welcome to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. And we'd love for you to set the scene, please, because you haven't been on the show before. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your story, please. Sure. So by training, I am both a traditional naturopath and a nurse. And um, I actually am a nurse manager over at the with our Veterans Administration. So just a little disclaimer that everything I say here is my own opinion and has no bearing on what's going on at the VA or through our government, um, which yeah. is really in quite a state of turmoil right now. Um, but uh, I came into natural medicine and to food as medicine back in my 20s. I was the typical American junk food junkie and my health crashed in my 20s. And uh, I picked myself back up again just by bringing in real fresh foods and cutting out the junk and the processed foods. Um, and that got me on a path to becoming a healer myself. So I think for a lot of us who are in natural medicine and who are in natural healing, we come to it through our own experiences mm. or through ex- the experiences of our loved ones. And that's certainly the case with me. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously it gives you a really great platform to help others. So mm-hmm. tell us then, what? how do you define earth-based medicine? So I really define it as using, I I think that that Mother Nature, the Earth, whatever you want to call it or her, uh, has given us all the tools we need to heal ourselves Um, through plants, through food, through clean air, clean water. I I love going to the hot springs. Um, We've got so many here in California, and that's really one of my ways to just help myself both physically and spiritually. Um, just to, to go off the grid for a while. Um, and so I think we have, we have now have this dependence upon, uh, synthetic drugs. Um, and through, even if they were derived from nature, they're now usually synthesized. The pharmaceuticals are synthesized in the laboratory. That's how they make all their money from them because they have a patent on them. Um, and earth-based medicine, that's all things that you can't patent. Um, it's all foods and and herbs, homeopathy, like I said, you know, just even getting a good night's sleep, you can't put a patent on that, but Mm. it's invaluable as a healing tool. Yeah, absolutely. So simple, but I do love that you're spreading this message because we have lost our way, um, in the health space, especially, you know, in the sort of previous couple of decades, I, I see a big trend, um, a big shift in the right direction now, but it's certainly taking, a lot of time and it will take a lot of time to undo some of the damage that's been done. Um, so tell us more yeah. about, yeah, tell us more about um, your practice and, and what you're seeing with um, say like common issues from a health point of view and, and what you work with um, in your niche. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I work with all age groups. Um, and I found that some of the main issues where main areas where I see issues are digestive problems. Mm. There are a lot of constipated people out there. <laughs> it's just amazing to right. me. And everyone's afraid to talk about poop, right? But it's like one of the most amazing things we can do for our bodies every day is just to have a bowel movement at least once a day. Um, or um, I see a lot of depression and anxiety, which is always a symptom for something. Mm. You know, I, depression is, I, I do not believe that none of the studies have ever shown that depression is a chemical imbalance. Um, so we know that it's the body's way of trying to get our attention. Mm. Um, I see a lot of anxiety. Like I said, those things go hand in hand here in the Silicon Valley. People are burned out. So we have a lot of adrenal fatigue, um, a lot of chemical overload, toxicity, people just wanting to feel good. People who are tired of being tired. Um, a lot of hormone issues, you know, women who have been on birth control now trying to retake control of their hormones um, and people who are don't want to be on medications but don't know other routes to go because Western medicine is only giving them the medication route or just telling them that there's nothing that they can do. So it just really, it really varies. And I, and I use my training in, in Western medicine and conventional medicine to understand how we can use the things that offers us, use the diagnostic tools, use the blood work, and then be able to look at it and say, okay, this is what we, this is what nature offers us as a means to try to heal this. And healing is different for everybody. Some people are so, so far progressed that their level of healing is different from someone who's just kind of in those beginning phases and of not feeling good. And it's a matter of, you know, cutting out the carbs and, or some of the carbs and giving some nutrients to strengthen them back up, getting them on and getting them on a, a joyful, I don't like to call it exercise. I call it joyful movement. So figuring out what kind of movement they love, what kind of movement brings them joy and then incorporating all of that in. So it really depends. I do all of my work now primarily over the phone. So I have clients all over the country who I work with and educate. I, I, I really look at what I do, um, within my legal scope of practice, especially is, is I educate and I teach. And I'm like a, a conduit and I say, okay, these are the different options that you have. Which one feels the best to you? Which one resonates? Which one feels doable? And then people can choose the path that they want to take. Yeah, great. I think that's excellent. And then just obviously that, that awareness that they do have those options rather than just like when you're sick, a lot of people, their, um, their default is to go to the doctor. And, you know, you mm-hmm. and I probably would definitely take a different route. Um, but is that your experience? And you're then teaching people maybe that there is a step that they can um, try first? Yes, absolutely. I mean, mm. I definitely, I do have, I do have physicians that I collaborate with, mm. um, integrated physicians. I have a psychiatrist I work with when people wanted to wean off of SSRIs and other, um, psychotropic medications. Um, I have a nurse practitioner who does all the female exams, mm. um, when people have that kind of insurance and things. So it's not always a bad thing to go to the doctor and sometimes it's the very appropriate thing to do. But for the most part, we don't need to go to the doctor. You know, we, we really have the tools that we need. And once people figure that out, like, oh, I'm getting a cold, I don't need antibiotics. What I need is X, Y, Z. 
um, then they can, you know, there's some really great herbs out there and things to prevent illness also. Um, so once they learn about those things and those are the steps that they prefer to take, uh, for multiple reasons, you know, just usually because pharmaceutical drugs have some type of side effect with them. Um, and it's also, I think the perspective, I think Western medicine comes to, it, it comes from this place of fear. Most of the time, if you don't take this medication, if you don't get this surgery, something really bad is going to happen to you. Mm. And, and that's really not the way the human body works. We are a miracle. And if someone's going to, you know, there are emergency situations, no doubt, but most of the time, especially if we're dealing with something chronic, you can wait a week or two to really educate yourself and decide what step you want to take for that, you know, that works well for you. And for some people, it ends up being that conventional step and I'll do what I can to support them. But for most people, it's, it's going a different route. It's trying something different and saying, okay, I'm going to, I want to try this, these herbs, or I want to try to cut out wheat for six weeks and mm. see how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about like some specific examples. Then I might start with the gut. So mm. what would, what would be your sort of top three treatment, um, not methods, but I get, I guess, pieces of advice that you would start with for one digestive support. So, so di so food is the types of food that people are eating are critical. Mm. And I, I'm not a fan of one size fits all, but mm. I can say through my experience that cutting out grains is very important to heal the gut. Grains are very difficult for most people to digest. Mm. And the most simple step that they can take is to cut out grains, certainly to cut out uh, gluten and wheat and an American wheat in particular, North American wheat, which is unless it's organic, it's all treated with Roundup at harvest. Mm. So not only are you getting this, this protein that's incredibly difficult to digest, but then you're also getting this dose of Roundup with it every time you eat it. Um, so that's, that's the, that's number one. Um, I think making sure that people have enough stomach acid to break down their proteins is also critical. So Western medicine, based on the research and based on biochemistry and physiology, they've got it wrong when they're giving people these acid blockers mm. because the acid blockers tend, they raise the pH of the stomach, which in itself causes reflux because that esophageal sphincter closes only when the pH is low enough for the esophagus to be like, Oh my God, that's fire. I don't want to touch it. I'm closing that door. And then, um, it has so many, they have so many other detrimental effects when really most of us don't have enough stomach acid. So there are different things. I have a couple of betaine supplements that I work with, a couple of enzyme, digestive enzymes that I work with. Sometimes for people, it's just doing a shot of apple cider vinegar in a small glass of water, mm -hmm. of warm water before a meal is, does the trick for them to get things, to get the fire going. Um, so that they can digest those proteins. Um, and then I'm also a big fan of, of doing things to balance the pH of the entire digestive system. And for a, a lot of us are, we, we have sort of the wrong pH. And, and so using prebiotics, which help to, you know, help to make that environment in the gut friendly to the beneficial flora. Mm -hmm. Um, so for those of your listeners who don't know about much about the microbiome, um, you know, we have these, we have, I think it's five pounds of 
bacteria and yeast and fungi that don't belong to us living in our body and they're helping us to digest and they're helping our enzymes. And if we didn't have them, we'd be dead. Our bodies couldn't function. So we need to nourish them as much as we nourish ourselves. And so for some people, they do really well just having kombucha and sauerkraut. For others, though, they do really well taking a supplemental probiotic. Mm. So the, the, the big, the big um, take home, though, for a lot of people is to, to, to have a bowel movement every day. And we, we kind of giggle and, you know, it has this funny connotation in our culture. But really, not pooping it has so many detrimental effects on our body. It, it holds the toxins in, it gives us gas and bloating and makes us irritable and can give us headaches. And so many things can go wrong um, when we're not having that bowel movement every day. So I, I have people keep a food journal and along with that, I'm having them track when they're having a bowel movement as well. So that's the first thing that people say to me is, oh my God, I've pooped every day this week and they can't believe how light and amazing they feel. So, Yeah, absolutely. And it's an important topic. It absolutely is. And we can't neglect that, that significance of certainly um, moving the bowels at least once a day. So there's some really, really great tips. And I certainly agree with you about um, in the importance of pH and, and certainly where um, some of the conventional treatment has been upside down and back to front. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what about thyroid health? Do you have some tips that you can give us there? And um, I know you've got a bit of an, a personal interest in um, educating your audience on the, I guess, the correct way to read pathology and looking at reverse mm-hmm. T3. So would you like to explore that with us? Sure. So I don't know how it works in Australia, but mm. here in the States, most people only have the, the, the standard blood test to run is TSH, mm-hmm. thyroid stimulating hormone, to see, to check on the function of the thyroid. But that really gives us a very incomplete picture because that's, the, the TSH is only measuring the pituitary health. Mm. So is it, we don't know looking at TSH, if P- TSH is high, runs on the high side, and I tend to run with optimal functional levels. So here in the States, a TSH between one and two is great. Mm. Um, but like, let's say someone's TSH is five. So what that tells me is the pituitary is yelling at the thyroid gland. Mm. But I don't know if the thyroid gland is operating properly and there's something going on with the pituitary. We just know that the pituitary is yelling. We don't know what's happening with the thyroid. So what you really, what people, what I really, really encourage people to do is get a full thyroid panel. So you're looking at TSH as well as free T3, um, which is the active thyroid hormone, mm. uh, free T4, which is the inactive thyroid hormone, and that's what's made in the thyroid primarily, and then reverse T3, because what and and most medical doctors I found here in the States don't know how to read reverse T3. It was, there was a lot of of research on reverse T3 back in the nineties. And then they came out with Cytomel, which is a drug to replace T3. Mm. So they stopped looking into, they stopped all the research about it because there was a drug now. They didn't need that. Right. And, but really reverse T3 tells us the relationship of the adrenal glands and the thyroid. Because when we're, when we're under a state of chronic stress, of chronic fatigue, let's say we've had digestive issues for years, right? Like we're eating wheat and it is just ripping our intestines apart. 
And the adrenal glands are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying here to keep you going, but I'm just not going to make it. When the thyroid gland sees that the adrenals are suffering, it, it often will try to kick in instead. Because all of our endocrine gl glands, all of those glands that are controlled by hormones, they're all friends. They all communicate. So if one gland is down for the count, the other ones will try to pick up the slack somewhere. Mm. And then we keep getting into this, uh, you know, we keep getting out of balance. Um, and so because there's there's all these feedback loops. So, you know, the pituitary and the thyroid are talking and the and the thyroid gland says, OK, I've got plenty of free T4. You know, they're eating lots of my my human is eating lots of of seaweed, getting plenty of iodine and feeling nice and nourished here. And then and then they have that relationship. But all of a sudden, if let's just say the person moves to Michigan, where is which is a state that has very low iodine concentrations in the soil suddenly their iodine levels drop they're not eating seaweed they're not getting access to iodine and and so the t4 drops and then the pituitary gets a signal oh hey you you gotta you gotta make some more so that there'll be more thyroid stimulating hormone and then so then they've got that relationship and then the thyroid and the liver have a relationship so you know, the liver carries such a humongous burden in our society because of our all the sugar that we eat, all the hormones, all the endocrine disruptors in the environment, all the pharmaceutical drugs, the everything goes to the liver. And so the the thyroid the liver is really responsible for signaling, hey, let's convert that T4 inactive into active T3. Mm. A lot of that conversion happens in the liver. But then if the liver's sluggish, then the thyroid, you know, the free T4 is going to go up because it's like, hey, you, you know, like we need more T3. I'm feeling a little tired here, you know, and then but then if the adrenals are shot because they've been trying to do things or if someone's really under a lot of stress, you'll see that elevated reverse T3. Yeah. And you can actually look at the ratio between reverse T3 and free T3 to see to see is it a healthy balance or are the adrenals kind of... Um, the word I'm looking, you know, uh, hijacking the thyroid function. Are they hijacking the, the free T3? Because reverse T3 can never be activated into free T3. Yeah. Once it's reverse T3, we're kind of stuck. So if that free T3 is getting hijacked as reverse T3, we're going to continue to have that fatigue and the slow metabolism and all those things that go along with it. So that's really, I mean, thyroid, I see thyroid issues all the time. Um, congenital hypothyroidism among babies here in California tripled in the year after the Fukushima meltdown in Japan. So and Fukushima continues to have issues. We're continuing to get that nuclear waste over here in California, in the oceans, in the fish, in the air. And so I think we're going to continue to see thyroid problems here in California for the long term. And that's something that we're just going to have to, to, to deal with and know how to deal with. Yeah. So obviously the first step is to for your clients or our clients to be aware that TSH alone is not enough. So for them to get the additional blood tests, so T4, T3, RT3. Um, yes. So what are your recommendations? I mean, I know it's one size fits all, but, you know, when you are seeing that high reverse T3, is it thyroid, liver, gut support? Tell us more about that. Um, it's It really depends on what other 
issues the person has going on? Mm -hmm. You know, do they have a lot of gut issues? Again, are they eating gluten is so toxic to the thyroid. So if they're eating and I don't want to, you know, there are some people who can tolerate gluten, but I think most of us can't <laughs> not the way it's processed. We don't ferment it. We're, we're getting this genetically engineered hybrid wheat. Um, so gluten is really toxic. So looking what's happening at the gut, um, looking at what's happening in the liver, looking at what's happening. If they seem really, if reverse T3 is really, really high, I might do a, a saliva cortisol panel mm. because that'll give us an idea too of, um, where the adrenal health is, you know, trying to figure out, okay, where do we start with you? What do you need? And then for some people, you know, if someone's really depleted, if, if you look at their cortisol test and their reverse T3 is super high and their cortisols are super low across the board, um, you know, I'll tell them, you know, now is not the time to do your endurance training. Yeah. We got to build you back up first. We, we got to get you in a place where your body wants to do that endurance training, where you have the juice for it. So in that case, we might start nourishing the thyroid or excuse me, the adrenal glands. I'm a big proponent of castor oil packs, which is, you know, putting, you get a, you get some castor oil and saturate a, a piece of wool or cotton flannel, stick it right over the liver, which is just under the rib cage on the right side. I always stick a piece of plastic wrap on top of that because castor oil is so sticky and then a hot water bottle on top of that. And then just kind of, sometimes you can fall asleep with it or just keep it on for an hour or two. That also gets the liver moving. Um, so sometimes we'll do a detox depending on where they're at, you know, like a 21 day purification program or a 10 day program. Some people are so far gone, you know, like, like just the, the one little change to them is so exhausting that you just have to, you just have to work sometimes, you know, I'll support nutritionally and herbally, but I'll just say you have to be in bed by 10 o'clock every night. Like that's your homework. That's the most important thing you can do for yourself is turn off the TV, turn off your phone, turn off your iPad, read a real book, do a meditation, something, but have that light off and be lying down by 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Just the to get that sleep. So they have the energy to make a smoothie in the morning or they have the energy to do a little yoga or whatever it is that's going to nourish them in that on that path. Yeah, and I think you're right that the basics are often overlooked. You know, we're in this society where we've been trained there is a magic pill, but, we, yeah, we absolutely can't ignore how important those foundational behaviours are. Most people, you know, when they start changing their diet and they're taking nutrients and herbs and things to support themselves, they're going to see a change fairly quickly. But for some people, it's going to take them three to six months mm. before they really, if, if they've got, let's say some really severe rheumatoid arthritis or really severe adrenal exhaustion, or they've been dealing with a, you know, a lot of people have underlying tooth infections, um, from a root canal or whatever. And then once they get that, that infection addressed, it's still going to take them months to rebuild. It took them years to get into that place of feeling bad and it's going to take them months to rebuild. And, and it is a matter of getting out of that mindset of magic pill because the magic pill always has a cost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts on supplements? What do you do with your, um, clients or your patients and, um, how do you kind of, yeah, I guess recommend, and what sort of brands are we talking about? Or yeah, so I have I have a few different brands that I work with. Mm. It depends on I, I do muscle testing as well. I was when I when I was seeing patients in person, I would do muscle testing. Now mm. I kind of just use intuition and um and my 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 
my knowledge, my nutrient knowledge, so to speak. Um, I'm a firm believer in whole food supplements. Mm. I don't believe in synthetic isolates like ascorbic acid for vitamin C, you know, thiamine, synthetic thiamine for B1, etc. You can't go out into nature and find a thiamine plant. Mm. You can't go out into nature and find an ascorbic acid plant. You can find beets and they've got, you know, or beet greens or buckwheat or these different foods that have these components in them. Um, so everything that I work with comes from food. Um, and so based on, on where your listeners are, are tuning in from, um, for people in the United States, I use a brand called standard process. Um, and I use a brand called touchstone essentials. You can also get touchstone from, uh, if you're in England. Um, and then here in the States, I also use a brand of herbs called meta herb. They happen to be based in Australia and their products are excellent because unlike herbal products in the U S they are standardized. So, you know, that if echinacea says it has four milligrams of the active alkylamides in it, it has to have that four milligrams because otherwise the Australian version of the, you know, the the FDA we have here in the States, they'll go after them. They'll, they'll, that's not allowed. So meta herb is a fantastic herbal company, um, that we can get here in the States and then also in Australia. So it really depends. Um, it depends on someone's budget. I, I, I would love to say that we can get everything we need from food, but the reality is that our soils are so depleted and our, our world is fairly toxic. We don't have, most of us don't have access, you know, to mountain spring water, that snow melt and then coming off the rocks and then pulling pulling out the minerals from the rocks, et cetera. We don't have access to that. So I think some sort of supplementation is going to be necessary for people. It just, it's going to depend on, um, where they're at, how depleted they are. Um, you know, for some people, just a whole food multivitamin like Catalan from standard process or essentials from touchstone essentials, is going to do it for them. Or like I, I do a lot with medicinal mushrooms. Um, there's a brand called host defense here in the States. Paul Stamets is their founder and he's, he's probably the, the world's premier fungi researcher. So I'll do a lot with mushrooms too. And it really, but it just really depends on, again, the first thing I do with someone is I hear their story. So how did you, where are you right now? And how did you get there? And then once I know that, then we can say, okay, where do you want to be? And we can start to formulate a path of where they, of where they want to be. But, you know, people's paths are so intricate, um, you know, like they, they just, they've all taken these twists and turns and, and you know, have a, a fall off a swing when they were six and then their parents got divorced when they were 12. And it, and then all of a sudden from that point on, they had digestive issues or, you know, I mean, like everyone has their trauma and their, and their history and all of those things play a role in, in their health up until that moment. And then in their health moving forward. Yeah, for sure. It's never just one thing. I agree. And tell us about um, your classes. I know you're passionate about teaching about real food. So um, tell us more about what you have to offer. I do. So I have a, I have a class on my website. Um, my website's earthbasedmedicine.com and you can go on the classes tab and there's a class there. You can also find the same class on udemy.com, but it's five easy and fun steps to healthier eating. And it's really, I, I'm passionate about people teaching people from the beginning. You know, I remember what it was like 
when someone said to me one day when I was deathly ill in my 20s and someone said, well, have you tried quinoa? I was like, what is quinoa? Mm. <laughs> what is, you know, I like, I like ramen. <laughs> what is this? So, you know, or just not, you know, like what's a, a, a farm fresh or a garden fresh tomato versus what you might find in the grocery stores, you know, so things like that. Like, so what are the steps you can take in the beginning? You know, you and I t- talk to a lot of foodies and we know a lot of foodies out there, you know, people who know their food. But for the most part, if you're a mom of a teenager and you're just trying to incorporate more vegetables in there to their life, how do you do that? You know, and how do you teach people that soda is not the answer as a beverage and, and things? So I really love that. I do have um, some more classes coming out as well uh, this fall that I'm very excited about. I really want to teach practitioners. I really want to teach uh, doctors and nurses and people who are Western trained how to address these issues because I, I can speak as a nurse. My training in nursing school, there was no nature in that training. Yeah. It was all about medicine, giving drugs, a safe way to give drugs, you know, things like that. And I love nursing and, and nursing can be so beautifully holistic, but, but for physicians, especially like there's nothing, na- there's no nature in their training. In fact, everything that's natural is put down. It's all criticized mm. what they do learn. And so, and their hands are kind of tied. So information is empowering. So whether you're just trying to figure out like, okay, how do I eat broccoli? Or, you know, you're, a, you, you want to, you like really passionate about eating well, but, um, you know, you want to say to your doctor, Hey, you know, like this is how I want to be. So I, I need you to be on board with this, especially for people who do have, you know, someone's had their thyroid taken out through an operation. They need to be monitored by someone for the rest of their life, whether they're using, you know, Synthroid or, um, or a desiccated thyroid, they need to be closely monitored because they could, they could destabilize within a matter of days without, without, uh, some type of thyroid stimulation supplementation. So, um, I, I think we really need to rethink how people are taught about food. So the lay person, but then also the providers themselves. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I absolutely think that that will change a lot of the the state of healthcare, both you know, both on your side and in Australia, because we do we do need to have more of a connection. I think between you know conventional and um, more natural based medicine. I think that would be a fantastic step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think we've really lost. I think the conventional world has really lost respect for the human body. And they've really forgotten that we are genetically developed, designed, whatever you want to say, to heal. And and the body will do whatever it can to heal and to to be in balance. And we can we sure do our best to throw it out of balance, but it, it wants to stay in balance. So having that respect and that love for the miracle of the of the human body and, and all life really puts the power back into somebody's hands instead of, like I said, being based on fear. Oh, the body, you know, I just can't do that. You got to take this drug to kill all those bacteria or whatever it happens to be, you know. Um, And that power has been taken away from the individuals. um, And I think we need to reclaim it again. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I love what you're doing and thank you for sharing your story with us. Just direct our listeners to your online home before we wrap up today. 
Yeah, the best way to find me is at www.earthbasedmedicine.com. You'll, I have links to lots of informational blogs and podcasts, videos. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Jennifer Schmid. Uh, M-S-N-R-N-C-N-L. I have lots of letters after my name, <laughs> all my training. Um, but uh, And you can also just send me an email if you want more information. You can send an email to jennifer at earthbasedmedicine.com. Give me a few days to answer it. Um, I'm pretty busy these days balancing my time between Oasis Wellness and uh, and being at the VA. So give me a few days to get back to you. <laughs> but I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on The Real Food Reel. It was great to connect and take care until we speak next. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.